0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Horseport Island podcast. I'm John Kyle and each fortnight we'll be bringing you interviews with equestrian experts and of course our Irish athletes. The Horseport Ireland podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts so you can subscribe and never miss an episode. And if you haven't already, check out our previous shows. Well, it's been fantastic to see some Irish results coming in, including that fourth place in the World Cup dressage for Anna Pizzi Merveldt. A five-star world ranking class win in Saint-Tropez, France, for Bertram Allen, and wins in the United States for Jonathan Corrigan. You can keep up to date with all of Horse Sport Ireland's news on the website at horsesportireland.ie and through HSI social media. Well, with the recent announcement of resumption of sport in show jumping and Horse Sport Ireland's support for the Studbook Series and the Premier Grand Prix Series, amongst other classes that will be getting going. We've taken the opportunity this time to catch up with multiple times national champion and reigning HSI Premier Series champion Francis Connors. But first, to give us the home and international view, Irish High Performance Manager Michael Blake. Michael, great to speak to you about show jumping getting back going. But tell us a little bit about what it's been like so far under corona.
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, there are definitely different times and... uh, you know, you, the only contact obviously I can make is by phone at the moment. And uh, it's great to have WhatsApp and have the possibility of riders being able to send you videos, which works very, very well. But obviously this weekend should have been a huge weekend for us. We should have been in uh, we should have been in Rotterdam and uh, Sunday evening should have been Olympic selection evening. But things are different. And I'm here in East Clare going as far as the bicycle will bring me until the, until the restrictions are lifted.
0: Michael, let's just jump straight into that. The Olympics, a 12-month delay. What were your initial thoughts? It must be that, gosh, maybe one combination is out of the reckoning, but now there's some exciting young horses, maybe from and last year or elsewhere, that will now be on your radar.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's any harm for us at all. We will have, obviously, more choices to make now, because, as you rightly said there, there are more horses that are going to come into consideration. There are combinations that will be one year farther together. But I suppose they will be one your fathers together in time, but maybe not fully in experience as this year hasn't materialised as we thought it might. So it all depends as well how things pan out in the next few months. We, we know what we had at the time. We knew where we were going, as did every other country. Now the goalposts, as you rightly said, have moved a little and we have to real, realign. But I don't think it's a disadvantage to us, to be honest with you. I think it'll actually help us.
0: Well, that's great to hear. So we haven't had the Le Balls, the St. Gallens this year that normally sort of gets the Nations Cup focus on. But our riders have been keeping busy. And indeed, in North America and in Europe, we're definitely seeing recovery. We're seeing riders out. We're seeing riders winning.
1: Yeah, for sure. As I say, Traverse City was on, Split Rock was on last week. And they're running a very good series in try-on week on week at the moment. Uh, as I say, the North American seem to be back up and running. But I've noticed about the guys in North America, they all stayed put in Wellington and it was actually while there wasn't huge prize money to be jumped for, they were able to keep their horses ticking over and there was there was shows in the stadium, uh you know, the the Greenfield Stadium in uh, in Wellington, right up until they all left for Tryon. So I think that has helped them all. Uh so Tryon obviously is up and running. As I say, saint Pay is up and running. Next week we have uh, good few riders in Lear. We have some riders in Poland, so we're getting we're we're getting there. The English riders are just uh, starting to get moving again, and here in Ireland, obviously, it's good news in that we do now have a Premier Series and a few other events that will uh, will help the Irish horses and the Irish or sorry the Irish home based riders to get moving. I think that's going to be very important because with No Nations Cup and with No Global Champions Tour. Taking possibly a hundred riders a week off the off the wish list for three star shows, uh, these riders will have nowhere to go on a three star show. so I think riders with uh, ranking you know below two fifty are going to find it hard to get into shows so to have a good national scene this year is very very important, and obviously the premier League there's going to be four legs in the premier League, and also the breeders classic uh, is going to have a very good premier type Grand Prix at the end. And I think that's helpful in, in itself to keep the standard of the home-based horses and riders going well, because obviously we have a lot of riders at home now. We have Jerry uh, O'Neill, Greg Broderick, Keanu O'Connor, Clem McMahon, Dermot Lennon, just, just to mention but a few, you know. we have, And I'd be killed for leaving somebody out, but I know who everybody <laughs> is, you know.
0: You can never win with lists like that, Michael. The other series I wouldn't mind you telling me a little bit more about is the Underwriting Exchange Grand Prix series.
1: Yeah, that's different to the Premier Series. That's, I suppose, an up-and-coming Grand Prix horse series. That's a 140 series, and this is, this is the Underwriting Exchange. Uh, kindly sponsored this also last year. There would be multiple legs of that, it'd be in excess of 20 legs of that, and it's, uh, in most cases, it's run in tandem. If they had a two-day show, show it would be run in tandem, that there'd be a 140 the first day, which would be a nice warm-up for for your horses thinking about the premier the following day, but it would also be uh, a good chance for horses at the 140 level, You, I suppose, your one and a half, two-star horse, give them a chance. You know, it's a different, I suppose, to win it, it's a different type of competition. It can be used twofold. It can be used for experience for the up-and-coming horse, or, you know, you'll need a faster horse to win that. Obviously, there'll be more clear rounds if the, the track wouldn't be as daunting, but still very, very important part of our development.
0: And it's great to see the Underwriting Exchange supporting that series as well as their partnership with Devonish for your Nations Cup high performance teams.
1: Yes, Devonish are still involved and also the Underwriting Exchange and we're very, very glad to have them. For, we've had them, I think, for since 2017, if uh, I stand corrected, but I'm there since 2017 and they've been there all that time and they're still there. And, and we're very, very thankful to them for that.
0: So through these series, show jumping is going to get going again at a very high level, and that's going to take some innovation to align with the new COVID nineteen normal.
1: It, it has indeed. I wish I was as powerful as COVID. Obviously, obviously, when I was chairman last year, it was really on my wish list to get this app up and running, uh, uh, to abandon the the ticket series and move into the modern world. COVID has uh, made all that possible. So you know, an in will doesn't do some good. Uh, but but it is up and running now the app and, and it's going to be it's going to be a game changer for the for for the sport. I'm very happy that it, that it has happened. It's very important that we we support the sport, we support the owners, the breeders, the riders, and look to be totally transparent and doing our job.
0: Well, it's great to hear about those innovations and development on the national circuit. But we have some international targets this year, and the Horseboard Ireland Studbook Series is going to feed pretty much directly into, hopefully, another successful squad of horses for Lanarkin.
1: Yes, I'm on that committee also, as it just so happens. I've been on that, I think, for six or seven years now. And we've been very, very successful. And uh, we now know how to produce young horses here. Uh, We're getting much better at it. We're breeding them better. We're producing them better because we know the end game of what's needed. Like, as I believe, you need... For, for America and for Europe you need, as I call it, a Ronseel horse, a horse that does what it says on the tin and you know does his changes, rides well and uh, you know, will contribute when you sell that horse that it'll it'll do what it's supposed to and another horse will get sold as a result of it. So the stud book series, as you say, starts next week in Galway Equestrian Centre and continues on through the summer. And it's very, very important for for, for our, our horses and for our riders. And it also gives the breeders and owners a chance at some proper money, you know, when you're just down with your younger horses, you know, that you don't always have to have a Grand Prix horse to win some money. And I suppose the Breeders Classic does the same, you know.
0: Yes, definitely. When you look at those Lanarkin results year after year, we've definitely got the knack of that particular competition, which is great for the producers of horses in our country. With cancellations and changes to the schedule... I mean, another target was suddenly taken away from us when the Olympics were deferred a year. As we speak to each other, Michael, we currently don't have a senior Europeans for our riders to aim for in 2021.
1: I think to throw a bit of hopefully positive news on that. Uh, we've worked very hard, as has our, our CEO, Roland Murphy, has worked very hard in his group, the EEF, and the FEI are in meeting. They met for the last three days, and I know there are three venues now, And it was muted that there weren't enough combinations in the countries to to substantiate and sustain two championships. So we sat together as a chef-to-keeps group and we sent all the relevant information to to the FEI and we lobbied really, really hard. And we're very, very hopeful now that there will be a change of heart here.
0: Well, that's great news to hear that we might have that opportunity to maybe repeat our Gothenburg victory of 2017 in 2021. But the ability to do that is going to come down to having strength and depth on the bench of riders from whom we select our Nations Cup teams. And I know that's something you feel very strongly about, that we should be using a lot of riders and not just coalescing down around one or two key names.
1: A few years ago, when I looked at things on on, on the broader picture and going forward, uh, if you don't have a subs bench, you're in trouble the very minute something goes wrong. So I suppose we started out to try and get as many riders as we could jumping for teams. Uh, we're averaging almost 30 riders per year jumping on teams. And, and that 30 riders could be 40 horses. You know, some riders ride different horses in different cups. And also we, um, we, do, we do 20 cups. We'll go to a cup no matter where it is. And our governing body are supportive of that. They want us to do as many cups because I believe in the end, the nation's cups will be what survives.
0: I think the cup competition through the Aga Khan in particular will always have a great place in our hearts. And the victory, of course, last year in Barcelona was fantastic and couldn't have come at a better moment. It's just a fantastic competition and, and one we've always looked to do well in.
1: Yeah, I, I thought we've done OK so far now, you know. Like, as I say, when we did the point system last year for our, for, for the, 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 the points, has clear and jumped for for teams all over the world. Uh, Ireland won that series very handsomely with 46 points as opposed to Belgium's 33 so I thought we're doing okay but I mean complacency is the killer so we will not be complacent every day that you know every day is a school day and we need to do the best we can and we know we have a lot we have a lot to do and we know we have a lot of work to do and everybody has to keep their eye on the ball
0: And there have been quite clearly several days recently when we've absolutely had our eye on the ball You've been part of the structure since 2017 just tell me about some of the experiences like what was it like winning that gold in Gothenburg winning at the critical moment the launching FEI Jumping Nations Cup finals in Barcelona and lining out in an Agui Khan at Dublin
1: I mean there there, there are three different horse races obviously to win Barcelona this year was incredibly important because we were in the last chance to lose for the Olympics we kept our cool I thought uh to win the Europeans as we did with Bertram having an unfortunate and it not being it for the good of the horse to continue and to be two poles behind in the Europeans in Gothenburg and to win by two poles, three athletes. I think that was an amazing feat. And obviously, then as you say about the third, I haven't experienced yet to lead an Aga team. I hope, I really hope I get that experience because I believe it's about, it's unbelievable to stand there in front of the home crowd
0: well, there'd be plenty of people who'd support that goal. And that brings us to quite an interesting point. You know, with such a large fan base and incredible success, it still seems impossible to capture the glory days of you know, Eddie and Paul Dara, Con Power, James and the three in the row team, the fantastic name recognition that we had in that golden era. But it seems in spite of how much success we get, we, we seem almost to be ignored by the mainstream sports media.
1: I, I think we are and I think we're being unfairly ignored. Uh you know, the talk about the glory days. Uh, you know, if someone looks at statistics and it was fantastic back in the seventies and eighties, but I mean on one year alone we won more nations cups than, than was won in ten than in a decade. You know, we we're we're doing very well now. We have more riders I think we've either eleven or twelve riders in the top one hundred. No other nation on earth has anything like that. Uh, and that is a fair achievement and no, you know, we have no other sport where we have so many who so highly ranked. It's not, it seems sometimes as an elitist sport. It's not an elite sport. If you look at uh, our top riders, you know, they, they've they come up the hard way. You talk about the people, they go to America and they'll say, oh, they have great owners. But they went there with a knapsack on their back and nothing. And they cultivated those owners. And now they're, they're loyal to those owners. They work hard for their owners. And the same with our people in England and Europe. Like, if you look at two years ago, we won in Lisbon with a the, with the team that was solely based in Great Britain. You know, and that took a bit of do. We didn't bring anyone from anywhere. We took four riders that were based in Britain and went to Lisbon. They won the Nations Cup. and the same week, we won the Nations Cup with four riders based in the US, in um, Langley, in Canada.
0: And, Michael, with all the travelling you've done over the last few years... Dublin is always going to have a special place in our hearts. Arkan is incredibly hard to beat. But what shows stand out for you on that circuit?
1: Dublin in itself is an institution. I mean, people base their whole year around going to Dublin. It's, 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 it's our Mecca and we love to be there. No matter where we are in the world, we're going to bring our horses home. People fly home. And it's a huge, uh, it's a huge social and equestrian occasion. Yeah, for sure, Aachen is different to Beast. Spruce is a fantastic show in a more in a more rural sort of a setting. I like Falsterberg for the amount of people that go to Falsterberg; they run it very very well. And to be honest, every you go to Guion then in Spain, and it's completely different. It's, it's it's sort of like a show jumping race meeting where they where they stop every you know where they stop every ten horses, and the people bet on the horses every ten horses as if it's a race, and it really. The places jammers, and they make a festival out of it. And I think it's very important to bring show jumping back to the people. As you said earlier on, you know, we have to get back to those days where people know show jumpers as household names. I think it's very important, and we have to find a way to do that. So we have to make it appealing to the public.
0: That public appeal is critical. Turning our attention to then to yet another hat that you wear, Michael, you are the father of high-performance-level rider David Blake. David has gone the traditional route he has worked at home he's worked overseas and now like a lot of our riders is based full-time in America but with the facilities you have at home and of course your own abilities as a trainer it must be perhaps a little bit frustrating not to be able to help him as much maybe as you could have.
1: Yeah I suppose Uh, and you know to be fair we have uh, I don't know if you've been here but we have very very good facilities down here in East Clare we have a huge indoor we have an outdoor jumping field we have a San Ménage we had we had things before they were thought of uh, I mean we ran four international shows here on the premises so it would definitely be a place where you could work from we're 20 minutes from the motorway but it was so difficult for him so you know he he tried he went to William Funnels and and see the Jones and learned his trade and came back here and tried to run his yard and I remember the first year he was here, he had very few horses. He won the five and six year old at Dublin Horse Show, and you must imagine. And you know we were very well supported at the time by Sport horses, among and Shannondale stood and Ronnie Hollinger and many many others. And uh, at the same time, it was impossible to make it pay. And he went he went out to visit Paul O'Shea for three weeks, and then Shane Sweetman gave him a job. And I suppose his clothes, are, as I say, his clothes are still hanging in the wardrobe, but I don't think he's coming back to get them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but, but I mean, the, 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 I suppose the opportunity—you know—the land of opportunity for sure it is. If you go out there and you work hard, you can get yourself a good job. And uh, you know, you've been there. You know the score. There's more Irish riders there than there are American riders. It's like it's like standing in a practice ring at home when you stand in the practice ring in Wellington. And you know, Wellington isn't the be-all and end-all, but it's a great business opportunity and a great career opportunity for many, many riders. And obviously, we had the young rider bursary scheme that I set up. Uh, about six seven years ago, and you know I sent them all there for a fortnight, hoping they'd never come home, and most of them didn't.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> and Michael, I think as a lot of people know, you've you've sung to a very high level at Lourdes. You've walked the Camino Real for charity, I think four times. You said to me, and we talked about your talented son David on the one side in show jumping, and you have another very talented son Frank in the world of acting. He's just recently come to. Very much international prominence in in normal people.
1: Yeah, he's been very lucky. I think he's been he's managed to be in the two biggest TV shows in the world, Game of Thrones and Normal People. And uh, so whether he was in the right place at the right time, or he's very good, it's hard to say. But he's he's very very busy. He's done a stint in New York. He played Richard III in New York on in the Lincoln Center for three four months. And he's uh, he's on he's he's one of the Abbey actors, and he's also. Uh, you know, one of the Druid actors, and I suppose that, that's that's that good for a young fella. So he has a long way to go yet, but you know, there's no sign of an Oscar yet, but you know, you never know.
0: I think it might only be a matter of time before that statuette is up on the mantelpiece, Michael. Just to return ourselves then to what we've been speaking about, in particular the show jumping series here at home, we're halfway into the year, we're only just in many ways getting going. What as a coach, advice would you offer people to sort of motivate us to get going on that home circuit, to think to ourselves, okay, we're in Michigan, how much jumping can I fit in this year and what are my targets? If I'm thinking about a young horse, if I'm thinking about an underage championship in the next couple of years, if I'm thinking about trying to be on the Nations Cup team in the next wee while, how do I make the best benefit of the jumping that's to hand from now on?
1: Yeah, I suppose that, as you say, is a 4 prong question, so i better answer it prong by prong. Uh, the first the first question you asked me was on the home team, and I think Horseport Ireland, in conjunction with the SGI uh, and the High Performance Committee, we have a High Performance Committee here of uh, Ronan Murphy, Edward Dial, Kevin Baddington, Cameron Hanley, and I, and I think... We work really hard, and we we're, we're very conscious of the home scene. And as you say, we're also conscious of the fact that it'll be hard for riders to get into international shows. And Horsport Ireland has heavily invested in the Premier Series, and obviously we've worked together then to get. You know, when you say the Premier Series, there's four. There's you rightly said there's four events. Will people put in horses to four events? We need to put something in tandem with those and with with River Lodge and the Breeders Classic and the National Grand Prix Circuit in tandem, I think it'll be enough for people to 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 put their horses in. Because, you know, if you if you just leave your horses off for a year, it's very hard to get them to train back up. Sometimes a risk is the worst thing you had. You know, horses are not like they're not robots and you can't say, well he finished on this level and in two months i'll be back to this level even though i had a year off there's no guarantee of that so so to keep our horses up and running on the national scene is very important the same with our young horses our five-year-olds and six-year-olds will be a little bit behind so we need to work hard to get them up to the level so that we have them ready for the foreign market uh, and with regard to going to michigan Trion, and all those places well it's still just june and we're up and running well now we're up on we're up on three stars next week we have a four star in Saint-Tropez. and you know i believe we're a little bit behind but you know we can catch up because our horses were all kept ticking over and during the uh, during the lockdown they were kept ticking over and we got our riders to do some uh, training tips because i think it was good for the public to know that we're still alive that we haven't we haven't absconded, and it was very good that they're putting something back into the the sport for our our followers
0: and if you missed one or want to revisit any episode of that Training Tips series, the whole thing is indexed on the HSI Facebook page, Instagram and website. Well, Michael, we ranged across a lot of ground there and you came up to the mark on every question. I'm very impressed.
1: Well, I suppose I know my subject.
0: Uh, you know,
1: when, when, when I went for my interview, uh, you know, show jumping, show jumping in Ireland and National Club jumping was my chosen subject. If I was on Mastermind, that would be my chosen subject. And uh, I live it and breathe it and love it. And, uh, you know, I have now my dream job. I mean, uh, you never work a day in your life when you love what you do. And I love what I do. And uh, I hope I do it for the the gods and the health and everybody else. Help me that I can continue doing this for time to come, because I believe we are the number one nation in the world and we're going to prove it.
0: Well, Michael, we'll all be right behind you in that. We can't wait to see the team out in winning ways again in the very near future. Thank you. My second guest stands probably head and shoulders in front of everyone else in terms of the numbers of national championships won in show jumping at home. He has, of course, also delivered on the international stage for Ireland and is the reigning Premier Series champion, Francis Connors. So, Francis, it's been a difficult start to the year with so much competition time being lost, but we're starting to see the green shoots of recovery with the Premier Series, the Studbook Series and the National Grand Prix Series.
2: great to actually be some way back on track. Um, I think probably for a while people were very disillusioned that there mightn't be anything happen. Uh, so it is, it is. It's great to see so much coming back on board, Looking to it.
0: But of course, one thing we don't have to look forward to another of those blows has been the loss of the RDS Dublin Horse Show. You've ridden in that main ring on so many occasions, quite often as our national champion as well. It's going to be a big loss. I think it's a huge
2: ride for everyone because it doesn't even have to be for the big classes in Dublin. But I mean, it's probably every rider, breeder, owner... It's everyone's goal every year to aim for Dublin. So to actually miss it, it's probably uh, going to be a huge gap for everyone. I think probably too, uh, on, on kids, it's probably a tough one as well because some of them, whether they be in 12 to 13 twos, 14 twos are 14 and be, it being their last year, could end up you know, not getting the chance, which is probably, for us, senior riders it probably will cope fine and um, just I suppose some horses will miss the chance as well they'll be a year older next year so yeah for everyone it's a tough one but uh, we'll have to move on we're lucky to be doing something.
0: I think that's so right it's so difficult to come up with something for be it young horses or be it age group classes for riders that really is going to end up being fair for everyone. So with the classes we now have laid out for us for the rest of the summer season, what are 2020's plans? Um, well, I
2: suppose my plans were kind of scuppered in the beginning anyway because I had had travelled to Spain, to Oliva, and uh, ended up there for four days of jumping and had to come home again. So I had seven horses there that were, which was their build-up, far the year and um, they ended up coming home and kind of uh been put out for a break and are back in again now to do mostly horse boards quite a few young horses and uh, national grand prix and uh, just at the minute not sure about the premier series whether i will have goldilocks back for at this time but uh Plenty of young horses to concentrate on for the horse sport
0: classes. Tell us a little bit more about those young horses then that you'll be focusing on those horse sport Ireland stud book classes.
2: Some very nice seven-year-olds. There's CSF James Can Cruise by Cannon out of a cruising mare. Uh, showing a lot of potential. He's uh, just maturing nicely and he's ready to step up and hopefully be competitive in the seven-year-old classes. There's Russell and Louis Dammeier, and Cahal McMahon She's again the same, seven, and uh, is ready to be competitive in those classes. And there are a few younger seven-year-olds then um, that maybe just need a little bit more competition before the seven-year-old classes before they're ready for them. And then we have um, the nice five-year-olds again. A little bit green, but at the same time, it's been a slow year, so hopefully the courses will uh, dictate and they'll help us to to bring them on. And again, there's uh, another Canon mare and uh, another Louis dam. So We're lucky enough to have some really nice horses and uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll progress well over the rest of the summer.
0: And we've been given one highlight to aim for, which is that there's been a great commitment to run the World Young Horse Championships at Lanarkin. Will you be targeting any of these horses at that?
2: Yeah, that James Cann cruise would definitely be one for there with a bit of luck, Um, Two seven-year-olds would definitely be, two of them would be well capable. Fives might be just a little little bit green, but uh, you never know. We'll see how they go. A few shows, you never know. They can progress much quicker than you're expecting. But uh, no, it would be nice. It'd be nice to get to Lernican.
0: Francis, looking a little bit wider than just 2020, perhaps you could tell me a little bit about your business You've been there, done it, you've ridden Nations Cups, you were shortlisted for an Olympic Games for Ireland, but you've also, you're head and shoulders in front of anyone else, I think, in terms of the number of national titles won. You've been very much about building your business in Ireland.
2: Yeah, I I probably it's probably a lot different now than when I was younger. Um, I mean, that was always my goal to stay at home and uh, concentrate on producing the horses up to Grand Prix level if we're lucky enough to have them long enough and uh, move them on again and I suppose over the years I'm not sure how many horses have actually won Grand Prix for me but I, I, I it's somewhere over 30 different horses so and they've all just moved on to new homes and uh, we then we try and keep bringing along a new bunch and uh, look it's worked for me and uh, quite happy to do it and quite happy to see them going on to new homes and with new people and being su- successful afterwards so quite happy doing that.
0: Well you certainly prove that you can make a success of staying in Ireland Francis but that must also come down to the level of the competition that we're able to offer in Ireland and those series we've been talking about.
2: So I think we're blessed um, Even, like for me, down south in the Munster Grand Prix series, it's been a a massive boost to bringing on the juice and the younger horses up to the Grand Prix, the National Grand Prix and Premier level. And uh, with a super set of fences that travel around to all the shows in Munster. So for me, that has been a huge stepping stone for producing the the seven and eight-year-olds. It's incredible how many of them have gone on to achieve much bigger things over the last number of years. And then there's so many uh, good venues now around the country. There's probably nowhere in the country now that doesn't have access to some top venues to have Grand Prix. So we're, we're very,
0: very lucky. The centres are fabulous and Yet, of course, back in the day, we were producing probably our Aga Khan team out of very simple rope and post Gymkhana shows. Is there a place for both? Even ourselves, we we try to run a small show and uh, keep it
2: almost to that. I think that's probably for the younger horses. They learn a hell of a lot more out in the open field at a small Gymkhana than they do Constantly going to centres where everything is perfect and laid on. You're out in the field, a few little undulations up and down and they have to cope with it. It, it, it teaches them a hell of a lot. So it, it's nice to have the, the, the set venues, but it's also nice that we can keep some of the smaller shows are producing the younger horses. There's still a, a huge uh, benefit in having
0: them. That's really interesting about how much the young horses can learn in that sort of less manicured space. Of course, another aspect is the course design. When you're trying to design for a young horse classes, you're not looking for the same sort of jump off you might be looking for in a five-star Grand Prix. Are there any of our designers in Ireland who you get particularly excited about when you see them in a schedule for a young horse series?
2: Yeah, I think um, we, we, we do have some very good course builders. Um... I mean, the, the ones that probably spring to mind are Sam Holden, John Doyle, Alan Wade, when we're lucky enough to get him. He's so busy internationally, but uh, he's Alan can be very hard on you, but when it's a class that he needs to be a nice course, he's excellent. So we are we are lucky enough to have some very good course builders.
0: Yeah, we do have amongst the very very best in the world. We're incredibly lucky. Just putting it all together then, Francis, you know, show center or rope and post show, Dublin horse show of course probably goes without saying. But what would be your favorite venues to have competed at in your career? I suppose um there's
2: been quite a number of changes over the years um The old uh, Mill Street when it was a grass ring and the Derby itself, I mean, that was a a massive big show for everyone. Crowds and uh, competitors for everyone. Nowadays, there's probably so many different venues. Uh, The big grass arena in Barnadown is a super arena which I love competing at. And especially for the Grand Prix's there, it's, it's a super venue.
0: I love that it's so difficult to pick, but for sure, the Derby years and the World Cup qualifier years at Mill Street were legendary. And across your career, Francis, you mentioned probably more than 30 horses coming up to the Grand Prix level. What one really sticks out in the mind?
2: Probably going back um, to have to be uh, Diamond Express because he was the first one that um, brought me to that stage of jumping in Grand Prix and uh, gave me the confidence to actually feel that I was capable of doing it. Um, He was a little bit of quirky horse himself and too difficult that he never got sold so we ended up keeping him but uh, sure so he he won classes everywhere and won my first Grand Prix on a Men Galway County show. So probably he's the one that would have
0: to stand out. Diamond Express. Hard to believe it's twenty-four years since he stopped competing. Well Francis, thanks so much for coming and talking to us a little bit about show jumping getting back going. We hope you have a great season and get those young horses out and win plenty of prizes and hopefully get a couple of them to Lanarkin as well to fly the flag for Ireland there.
2: We will look luck now, yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, I'd like to thank my guests this time, Michael Blake and Francis Connors. It's great to hear the plans for the resumption of sport and show jumping in particular in Ireland and the support that Horse Sport Ireland are able to give to both the Premier Series to help ensure that our riders have those opportunities that they might be being denied currently on the international stage, such as the demand for entries at those three star level shows and above. And also the development of those young horses, those impressive young horses towards those world championships at Lanarkin. Don't forget, as ever, a huge amount of advice and information on the HSI website at horsesportireland.ie and, of course, Showjumping Ireland at sji.ie. Remember, the sport and breeding departments at Horsesport Ireland, whilst working remotely, are still open and able to help with any renewals or registrations required. And there continues to be news and updates on the current COVID-19 guidance and details of the financial support available. So thanks for joining me, John Kyle, and I look forward to talking to you again on the next Horse Sport Ireland podcast.